Hello, everyone. Welcome back to From the Front Row, brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. My name is Alexis Clark, and if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're a student-run podcast that talks about major issues in public health and how they are relevant to anyone, both in and out of the field of public health. We're excited to welcome Sharon Major onto the show. Sharon is a graduate of Washington University in St. Louis, the author of the book, Fifty Shades of Grief, Putting the Pieces Back Together Again, and a co-author of Writing is Our Superpower. Sharon owns and operates Golden Heart Hypnosis in Chatham, Illinois, where she combines her hypnosis techniques, energy realignment, Reiki, and professional coaching. Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me today. Let's start off with Sharon, what has been your journey to get to your current role? So I always have to laugh and say, uh, hypnosis chose me. I didn't choose it. Um, I went back to school later in life, and I got a degree in fine art. And through working with my art projects, I started using hypnosis uh, with someone to get helping them uh, get off drugs. And um, that started uh, me working with hypnosis and it opened up this whole door of people knocking on the door and saying, I heard what you did with Raymond, can you help me? And at that point I realized I actually need to get my certification and um, take this a little more seriously. And so um, my my door was a revolving door for quite some time for people who were addicted to drugs and um, had, and under that addiction was uh, sex abuse. I personally had a daughter that was um, addicted to drugs and that was a long, hard journey. And that was sort of tied up and connected with my hypnosis work. And my first book, which is My Golden Heart, Putting the Pieces Back Together, is that whole story of the journey that I took with her and how it brought me to hypnosis and the changes that it made in my life and, and my family's life. It's like uh, spirit has just uh, touched me and said, this is where you're going and this is how you're going to go. And it included hypnosis. That is very interesting to hear. I think a lot of times when people are able to have a personal connection to anything, it makes everything more impactful for you and you know the people you're helping. Going back to your hypnosis work with those that are suffering from drug addiction, how does your service or hypnosis, you know, what is the goal or what is, what is the end result, you know, when trying to get people off of these drugs and, you know, through the spiritual work that you do? Well, the, of course, naturally the end goal is to help them get off the drugs, but not, not just drugs is a symptom. It's a symptom of what's uh, in their subconscious mind, the soul wounds that's in their subconscious mind and what's driving the drug behavior. And so a lot of the work that we do is helping them to take out that sort of that garbage that's driving the behavior. And a lot of times people say, I'm doing that, but I don't know why I'm doing it. And it's just wrecking havoc in my life. And so uh, hypnosis is a great tool for dealing with um, um, soul wound issues and not having to relive anything that's really, really painful, Uh, but just be able to take all those things out because any kind of soul wound that you have consumes a great deal of energy um, that you would be using in your daily life. And you want to live we're all hardwired to live a healthy, promising life, but that's not the route a lot of us take. And so um, what we try to do is unload the garbage so that it's not consuming all of your energy and you can make good choices and decisions and, and live a fulfilled, happy life. So historically, individuals can be very hesitant about seeking out for help 
whether that's with drug addiction or mental health services due to the stigma around it. How do you help combat this stigma that is around seeking help? Well, this is true, but what I'm finding is times are changing. Um, The internet has made it a a broader world. And so there's a a great deal of information on the internet that people can find out. Like um, currently there are, I mean, like hundreds and hundreds of scientific studies supporting the use of hypnosis. And those studies have proven out that it's good for addressing anxiety, alcoholism, weight reduction, pain, phobias, cancer, depression, PTSD, stress. PTSD is a big one. Right now they're doing specific studies with um, veterans and the use of hypnosis. And um, so the science is out there. And um, if if someone is hesitant about even any kind of mental health, um, what you really want to think about is how can I, how can I make good choices? How can I live a joyous life? Because a lot of people go through life and there's just no joy in their life. So I can just encourage them, whether it's a mental health practitioner, a psychologist, it's uh, a hypnotherapist. A lot of times um, as a hypnotherapist, we work hand in hand with uh, traditional therapy, which is most promising way, I think, to use it. If there's, um, of course, if there's any mental health diagnosis, uh, we would have to have a referral in, uh, in our case. So I would just encourage anyone that is struggling with making good choices, good decisions. Hypnosis is a, it's a, it's a non-invasive, easy way to address issues. But the cool thing about it is with hypnosis, you can make change quickly. And I think that that's what attracts people to hypnosis. When I first started in business, my biggest surprise was I kept, I thought that most of my clientele would be women. Because women, um, just I, that was just a belief I had, I guess is the way I want to say it. The biggest surprise for me was most of my clientele was men, particularly when I first started. And I was so surprised about that. I, I, I didn't anticipate that. And I think what I had the realization that for a man, they see a problem and they want to take a straight line to the solution. They don't want to, they don't want to talk it out a million years where women are a little more uh, open to the idea of talking. So to a man, hypnosis just seems to be a really great match because they're just going, here's my problem. Here's my solution. Let's just go straight for the solution. And so that was the most interesting thing to me uh, of all. Today, still today, I work with more men than I do women. But that may be just particularly what I draw into my office. I don't know. So since the beginning of your career in this, would you say since there are more online resources the stigma or the the will to get help is improving, or would you say social media and the internet is actually making it worse? Well, I think the will to get help is improving. People are. I've I've been doing hypnosis for seventeen years now, so I believe that from the time I started to now, there's less misperceptions about it because you can actually get some good data, some good education. And um, as I said, it's a broader world. So I think people are more willing to think about alternative healthcare, but mostly people don't really want to drug themselves up. They don't want to spend a hundred years in uh, trying to find a solution. And so uh, I think that that makes them more willing to say, there's um, alternative ways to do this. And I believe that they're more willing to say, I, I want to... I have the power. I have the power to make changes. And the cool thing about hypnosis is it puts the power in the individual's hands. And so I think that people are more open to the idea of hypnosis now because they like the idea of having, having 
autonomy and uh, the control over their own lives and making choices and decisions and changes. And hypnosis is all about making changes. So I think that there, people are more open to the idea of hypnosis now because they've learned a lot more. And, and of course, the science is supporting it now. And that also, I think, has made a big difference. Yes, I, I think there's always hesitancy until there is actually research done about anything. So the fact that there are proven research studies now out there is, I think, a, a positive move in the right direction to get people off of relying on these absolutely prescription drugs to make them feel normal. Here's the truth of the matter. A lot of our traditional ways that we address things um, through, the, through the medical world, over-prescribing drugs, that's not a good thing. Uh, and most people don't want that. You know, they really don't want that. I don't misunderstand me. There's a time and a place for drugs. I, I want to make that really, really clear. Um, but we have had a past history of um, just anesthetizing people to their feelings. And you, you can't get better if you just shut off your feelings. You have to stop, take a look at it, unload it, and then move forward to get better. The cool thing about hypnosis is you can make change easily and quickly with it. And I think that that's what attracts most people to it. Your conscious mind says, I want to do this, but there's resistance. And no matter how much willpower you put toward it, it's hard to do it. But your subconscious mind, if you, it's like a two-year-old child, if you get its uh, attention and you say, this is what I want you to do, your subconscious mind goes, okay, I can do that. And it instantly and automatically makes changes. And so the willpower doesn't even enter into it. And that's what's really very nice about hypnosis. It's not magic. You have to do work on your end. You have to make a commitment. If you're coming in to quit smoking, you have to be committed to quit smoking. You know, it's not magical, but it does help. It, uh, it helps you to, to not be pulled back into um, wanting to continue that habit. And, and so people find that that's why lots of people come to a hypnotherapist to uh, quit smoking because it takes the willpower element out of the picture. So when you see different cases, is it normal to see someone on a weekly basis or what's the timeline normally? Well, I think it's different for, uh, it, it depends on your working situation as a hypnotherapist. Personally, in my office, I don't see people less than two sessions only because I want to make sure that we're successful and uh, whatever they're, what habit they're wanting to change. And if they come in for one session, that's a big question mark for me. So um, I want to make sure that we are right where we are supposed to be and that they're having success with it. And I'm more than 100% invested in getting results. I mean, hypnosis is all about getting results. So in my case, uh, if someone scheduled an appointment with me, and let's say they were just dealing with anxiety, then I, I would start out with three sessions is what I would do. And in three sessions, I would reevaluate where they're at, they may choose to continue, or they may say, uh, I'm done. But here's the thing that I do know, everyone that walks in the door knows when they're done. And in my personal world, I don't uh, spend any more time with people than what I feel like they need to acquire, be successful at what they're doing. So I don't string it out over like a year's time or anything like that. It's, it's more of a shorter term process, but it depends. If someone comes in and they say, I want to lose 75 pounds, obviously it's going to be a longer program because uh, you don't lose 75 pounds in two weeks. So for someone like that, it's going to be longer. If somebody comes in and they say, I need help getting off of uh, cocaine. Uh, for that person, it may be longer because it may be 
some underlying things that are underneath that need that need to be addressed. So it can be more complex. So it kind of depends on the situation. Somebody comes in and they say, I'm afraid of flying. I may do one or two sessions with them. So it sort of depends on the situation. So turning to COVID-19, since that has been on everyone's radar, have you noticed a shift or a change in the needs of your clients since the beginning of the pandemic? I absolutely have. I have seen a lot of changes in uh, what people are coming in for. Um, one of the things they're coming in for is they're highly stressed. And um, the stress is from being quarantined. Um, and of course, all of the, I mean, the world is changing so fast. And I think that there's a lot of fear that's attached to that stress. Is my life going to be the same? Um, how am I going to earn a living? Um, what's the world going to be like when this is all done? There's so many questions, you know, and just um, the whole political conflict back and forth. Um, I think that that has stressed people. So I'm definitely seeing more people coming in with stress and anxiety and more people coming in with grief. A lot of people lost people with uh, COVID. And so there is grief about the loss of their loved ones, but it's not just about the loss of their loved ones, it's about the loss of our way of life. And so I'm seeing more people struggling with grief. And I think that what is going to happen now is after a year of being in the pandemic, we're, we're gonna have like a wave of grief that are actually gonna hit the practitioners because people, you know, they have to resolve that in some way to move forward. And they have to address their fears to move forward. So I definitely think that there are changes. Here's the good news. One thing that happened with COVID is we were forced on doing our work online. I did 100% of my work online for the year with COVID. I was very busy. I mean, busier than I've ever been in my career. The good thing about that is I felt like I felt like that, that was very successful. I didn't know how it would, I would feel about it and starting it. But the nice thing about online, like you and I are facing each other, it narrows down the focus to just, you're so focused on that person that's in front of you. And um, the person that's in front of you is in their own environment where it's comfortable and they're relaxed. And I think that there's some real advantage to that. So that's the surprising thing that I think came out of it in my personal practice. So now I'm combining more national work, working with people from all states, uh, so I'm combining a lot more national work along with my traditional work. Uh, and I'm also mentoring quite a few people at the moment. So that uh, has been the pleasant surprise. The whole grief thing, I think, is probably our most pressing issue right now. Collectively, as a country, we need to deal with it. We don't need to shove it underneath the rug. Because if we do that, what happens is the, the grief will then be passed forward to the future generations. And they'll have to carry the burden of the grief. And we don't want to do that. We want to we want to resolve it in good and healthy ways now. Uh, and I see hypnosis as a way to help do that. It's uh, it's um, non-invasive, and uh, people can um, they can make changes rapidly. So that's sort of the the most pressing issue that I see at the moment. I also think the uh, the second most pressing issue is the whole issue that we are having with drugs. There are, are hundreds of children that are dying of fentanyl, hundreds. And uh, nationally, I can't imagine what the statistics are on that. And as a nation, we need to be addressing that. We need to be, we need to be speaking up and we need to be saying, as a country, we're not putting up with this anymore. And we're gonna take action, we're gonna do something about it. And I see hypnosis as perhaps playing a role in that. Absolutely. 
recently you presented at the Heartland Hypnosis Conference mm -hmm. um, on grief and COVID-19. Is there any advice you can give to frontline healthcare workers that have experienced over a year of consistent grief concerning COVID-19, even though you might not know your patients well, it's still a constant yes. overturn. I, what I highly recommend is that even if they think that they are not grieving, it doesn't hurt to uh, schedule an appointment with a healthcare practitioner or a hypnotherapist. Uh, to Everybody carries soul wounds and you don't know what they are. So you may be grieving and you may not be aware that you're grieving, but it will have an impact on your life and your, your life choices. And it will cause anxiety, panic attacks, depression. And if you're experiencing any of those things, what might be underneath it is the grief. And so um, until you take that grief out and look at it, I have lost my daughter and two of my grandsons. And I have a very personal relationship with grief. The year that I lost my daughter, I lost my father within three months and I lost 17 of my relatives. And so I really un do understand what grief feels like, although I don't understand what your grief feels like because it's individual for everyone. So, but the problem is if you don't address your grief, it's going to spill over into your life and it spills over in panic attacks, anxiety, depression, anger. Uh, if, you, if you're having anger and rage issues, probably what's underneath that is grief. And so I think that having an awareness that you might be suffering from grief and having a willing, willingness to really look at that and take it out and release it, I think that that's what's really important and it can make tremendous changes in your life. And it, you know, if you're unhappy, if you're depressed, if it feels like life is just weighing down on you, more than likely you're struggling with grief on some level. And so my advice about that is if you suspect that you're struggling with grief, definitely give hypnosis a try. But I'm not saying hypnosis is the only answer. Maybe it's therapy. Maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's both, you know, but I am saying you have nothing to lose and everything to gain by scheduling an appointment, following through with it, and um, just make sure that when you do schedule an appointment, do your research and make sure that whoever you are uh, working with is qualified to work with you. Uh, has experience with whatever your issue. So do your homework and make sure that they have um, experience with whatever your issue might be, but it can change your life. You can go from having panic attacks and anxiety and depression to living a joyous, happy life. We're all hardwired to heal ourselves. And so, um, you know, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Yeah. I, th I think that is a great sentiment. How would you describe the relationship between your spiritual practice and traditional medicine? I think there's a role for both a spiritual practice and traditional medicine. Uh, my mom was a psychiatric nurse. And so I really have an understanding and I have a sister that is a, a doctor of psychology. So I do have an understanding of the scientific role that it plays in mental health. And there's definitely a role for both a spiritual practice and the medical uh, practice. And I think that the best uh, scenario for people is that they work hand in hand. I don't think one is better than the other. I think that they're complementary to each other and that, that, we, that we need to be open to our idea of, I think what's important is to realize that we have it within ourselves to bring healing to ourselves. And so to me, it makes more sense to, to lean toward that. And, uh, but I feel like both, they're, both have roles. Personally, myself, I have a very 
strong relationship with God. I know that the work that I do is uh, hand in hand with him. And um, to me, that's important, you know? And uh, to me, there's no conflict between hypnosis and my relationship with God, um, that he has opened the door. He has sent me the people to work with. He continues to send me people to work with. And um, I find it fascinating. I love working with people. Everyone is different. And to me, that uh, that is so fascinating. And so to me, there I don't see a big divide between the two. I think that there's uh, room for both of them. And I think they're both really important. I agree. And I think there is more research backing up the fact that with a healthy mind, you know, then you'll have a healthier body and vice versa. You can't have absolutely. Well, for one thing, all illnesses, uh, it starts in the energetic world and then it manifests itself in the physical body. So um, with working with hypnosis, um, a lot of times, I I don't know if you saw my website that we do energy work in our uh, office. And the reason that we do energy work in our office as well as hypnosis is um, that many of the issues that people manifest, they manifest it in the energetic world first. And so, um, so we try to address that first. And um, that can prevent it from manifesting as a disease, you know, because if you, if it goes unaddressed, eventually it will manifest as a disease. The subconscious mind is very literal. And so it can manifest a disease out of something, a literal belief that it holds. And so uh, what's really cool about hypnosis is uh, uh, hypnosis speaks the language of the subconscious mind. And so it can very quickly uh, find out, dig out what that literalness is and um, just make corrections in it and help people to release um, sort of uh, some beliefs that they develop and they create that just doesn't serve them well. And so that's really neat about uh, hypnosis because it helps people to do that. In our office, we do, we do uh, sound therapy and we do hypnosis. Uh, we also do Reiki and of course we do coaching, but we have someone that works in our office that does energy work who is amazing, absolutely amazing. So. I think that there is a role for all of it. And we do not, we basically do not advertise. I have my website, but um, we, we're a full-time office uh, and we have a lot of people. We have Chantel Renee, who is amazing, and Raymond, who also are very gifted. So I think that there's different roles. People who get into hypnosis, they will draw, they will draw different clienteles to them according to what their skill set is. And I don't think they have to worry too much about what that is. I think it will just develop as their career moves on, sort of like mine uh, developed along the line of PTSD and stress, uh, that kind of thing. But there's, uh, and of course, uh, working with drugs and alcohol. And of course, my interest is in that is because I had a daughter who was uh, who was addicted to drugs. And so that was sort of an extension and that made me the perfect person to work in that area. But for someone else, it may be that they're interested in doing sports hypnosis. Or, or they might be interested in working with weight or, or with, you know, smoking cessation. So it's different for each practitioner. If you're seeking out a practitioner, you just sort of have to find out if they're the right match for you, you know, because not every practitioner would be the right match. It's like finding a doctor. You have to find a doctor that's the right match. And so you have to find a practitioner's the right match as well. So the last question we like to ask here on the podcast is, and this can be in relation to just general life. This can be in relation to your professional practice, anything. What is one thing you thought you knew, but were later wrong about? 
Well, there's two things. So I'll answer this. There's two things. One thing that I thought I knew was I thought I knew a lot. And then I found out I knew nothing <laughs> through my work with people. Oh, so I really try to approach any work that I do with people with that blank slate. I know nothing. And here is what I found out. And I found out that all healing is, any kind of healing is done. The body is hardwired to heal itself. And so I don't have to know anything because a person already knows what it's going to take to heal them. And so that was sort of, one thing was I thought I knew how to help people. I did not. But what I found out was people know how to heal themselves. And so that, I think it was a great learning for me. And I think that that's really helped me along my career because it's helped me to realize I don't have to know everything. Um, I don't have to have all the answers. I'm just a tour guide and I have to help the person that I'm working with find it within themselves how to heal themselves. So the great thing about that is the individual that comes into the office autonomy. They are, are, they are driving their own uh, process. They are making their own changes and they're making their own realizations. And uh, because of that, change is lasting and enduring. And if, I, if you try to put an outside force on something to make change, the minute you take the outside force off, uh, the change reverts back to the old behavior. But if the change comes from within, the change is permanent and lasting. And so that was my, that was the one thing that I thought I knew. And I found out later, I didn't know anything. And I still know that I don't know anything. And so it's a great experience. It's a great, it's a great journey in life that I'm ha having because I'm learning more and more. I don't know anything. <laughs> what a wonderful thing to be learning, you know? So I don't know if that makes any sense to you at all, but uh, it seems because I don't know anything, it seems like a pretty fascinating world. And um, I, uh, every day I get up, wonder about just the whole fact of living. And every day I get up and I feel very grateful that I've been given the honor of being part of people's lives and their journey through life. And that I can help them make positive changes in their life. And I think that every hypnotherapist that you talk to will probably um, agree with that sentiment for sure, because you don't get into hypnosis unless you're really a people person. And you really want to help them make change. Uh, so that for me, that's the biggest learning. That's great. Yeah. I, I, th I think going through life with that, you know, humbleness and, you know, wonder about life is, is a great way to live. And I, you know, hope, hope to continue to try to live my life similar to how you're living yours. Sharon, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. We loved having you. I just wanted to leave people with, uh, my new book is gonna be coming out soon. It's going to be Many Shades of Grief, uh, Honoring the Brokenhearted. So it'll be out in about two months. My first book is about, uh, it, it is written for anyone who is have, has a loved one that is struggling with addiction or someone who is struggling with addiction. Uh, it's a perfect book to read for that. So so um, those are a couple of resources that I think will be helpful. And uh, for people who are interested in more in hypnosis itself, on my website are some videos about uh, hypnosis and different things like anxiety, stress, and things like that. You can go to my website. They constantly change. And there's a page that says resources. All you have to do is click that resources page and then click on um, the video of your choice and you can listen to it. And uh, so those constantly change. 
and it's a really good resource. And that whole page changes a lot. There's a lot of different resources on it. Great. And I will provide the link to Sharon's website in the description of today's episode. That's it for our episode this week. Big thanks to Sharon Major for coming on with us today. This episode was hosted, written, edited, and produced by Alexis Clark. You can learn more about the University of Iowa College of Public Health on Facebook. Our podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with your colleagues. Our team can be reached at cph-gradambassador at uiowa.edu. This episode was brought to you by the University of Iowa College of Public Health. Stay happy, stay healthy, and keep learning.